Oh, sorry. Did you start already? Yeah, it's all good. Oh, my shit. What is up, everybody? Welcome to an episode, an MMA episode of Keep It a Bug podcast. I'm your host, Aries, with my other half. Uh, someone you haven't heard or seen in a long time. Uh, we have Trident back on this episode, recapping uh, an exciting pay-per-view event, UFC 280. Trident, what's up? I know it's been a long time. Yeah, definitely had to hop back on for this one. Had to. A lot of controversy, a lot of, I don't know, there's just, you know, with a, with a card that's stacked like this and all the outcomes that there were, there's just a lot of questions. It's one of those cards that has a lot of, leaves the, the UFC fan base with a lot of questions on what's next. And then there's definitely a lot of uh, possibilities on who can fight who next and the matchups. It's just, yeah, really interesting. So. Definitely couldn't miss this one. Yes, Trent is a very busy man, as as we all are. But um, we do have – I am introducing a new segment to the our MMA episodes. And just letting you guys know now, I am planning on doing two episodes a week of the MMA episodes, uh, dropping Mondays and Thursdays. So just be on the lookout for that. And this is, this is on YouTube, on the Keep It a Buck podcast uh, YouTube channel. So go check that out. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, all that other stuff. Anyways, let's get into what we're all here for. UFC 280, Oliveira versus uh, Islam Makachev. Um, I'll ask you first, what were your thoughts going into this fight? And then we'll just go from there, man. About the Islam fight? Yeah, we'll start at the, at the top. And you know, I don't know. Who? Oliveira was the favorite, right? He was. He wasn't. He was the underdog. He was the crazy. underdog. Okay. Yeah. I felt like it was going back and forth leading up to the fight. And I don't know. I mean, rightfully so. Oliveira's crazy, but I felt pretty comfortable with my pick, which was Islam. I don't know. He he's just one of those fighters. I mean, I know everyone likes to compare him to Khabib constantly, and he's always going to be in Khabib's shadow, especially being that Khabib is his coach and everything, but. Yeah, I, I just couldn't see him losing. I couldn't see it. So I wasn't too surprised when he beat when he took the win. I think I was surprised at how he did it, though. I was surprised at that. I didn't expect it like that. I thought it was going to go a little bit later into the fight. I, I actually thought he was going to catch him with something. I thought it was going to finish on the on the feet. I thought he was going to catch him with a punch or something like that. But yeah, it was man. That guy's a beast. <laughs> that guy's. He's yeah, a problem. I, He's a problem. I, I, I knew people were sleeping on the stand-up of uh, Makachev. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that Oliveira is a very technical, more sound fighter on the feet, but Makachev throws with a lot of power with it every yes. strike, I feel like. And I, I was on the Oliveira train, I'm not going to lie. I was in the. I was buying into the story of him, his career surgeon's story. And I think a lot of people were, but... Um, Damn man, Islam's a dog, especially on the ground. He was so heavy in his top in in his guard, and he's just almost impossible to get up off your back off of. You know, so I think that's one of the things too. Is like everyone, we all do. We all get caught up in the stories, right? Like with the Connor story. I know you and I were caught up in it. We wanted so badly for Connor to just win every fight and be Khabib because we just loved. It. Everyone loved Connor's story. And I think that's what happened with the Oliveira thing. I think everyone was kind of caught up in his story and they fell in love with who he was and his journey. 
But yeah, for anyone that picked Charles Oliveira, understandable. But yeah, man, Islam's just—he's too much. He's—he's gonna—he might be spoiling a lot of people's stories. If I'm being completely honest. So, and striking, like, yeah, underrated, yeah. striking. Yeah, bro. Uh, and I think that is a side of him that's kind of evolving as we go. So it's getting it even more scarier when he's mm. going to come up with as a striker too and involve those skills. But um, DC said this during the fight. He said Oliveira likes being on the on his off his back or fighting off his back. You know, but I don't know if you want if that's the best position to be in against someone like a Islam. Mm. Like I don't know. I don't know. I, I when DC said that, I was like, I don't think he wants to be there, but he's there because Islam was so damn strong. <laughs> that guy's really strong, freakishly strong. The fact that he was able to get that arm triangle and squeeze how he did, and like, especially someone like Charles Oliveira that has the the pedigree that he does on the ground. And uh, yeah, I think, and you can just tell he's one of those fighters. You can tell, you can see his power with every punch he throws and every kick he throws. You can see it every time, even if like the, his opponent blocks it. You know, sometimes you can just see how much power and velocity is going into those strikes. So, but yeah, I mean, I'll say it right now. I, I do think I do think he's better than Khabib. I'll, I'll say that. And I don't know if that is really something that the MMA community is even questioning anymore because, you know, Khabib's considered the GOAT. And I think even Khabib might even admit that he might be better. But, I mean, he pretty much is. I mean, his grappling and his endurance, I've never seen him tired. He's relentless like Khabib in the grappling, but his striking is better than Khabib's. So, but I don't and, know. And I, I know uh, people are going to pull up the 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 zero on the record, but it's the resumes, people. That it's the resumes that uh, it's who you're fighting at what time in, in their stages of like. I think it's crazy. So is Islam not Islam not undefeated? No, he lost once. I think he got knocked out once. Probably early in his career. Yeah. So, but it's crazy that Islam can do this after fighting. I'm not gonna say like bad, like bad people or like, but there were he uh, Islam's opponents always came with. Well, he fought him on short notice. Right. Didn't have a full camp. Blah 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 blah. But for him to jump from Bobby Green to Charles Oliveira is pretty crazy. But um, I think uh, Islam might have uh, shocked Oliveira a bit with how good his striking was. Uh, it, it looked like Oliveira was uh, trying to reset a lot and trying to get it in the groove of the stand-up as well, but it just wasn't happening with that power that Islam has in his hands. So. All right. Um, now looking, f- look, looking forward past the fight, um, we, we had a champ – Champ for his champ in the in the octagon during his uh, post fight speech, Volkanovski stepped in the octagon. Uh, Makachev calls it out on the mic. And uh, what do you think about this fight? I hate it. I actually like it. I actually, oh, like it. yeah, wow, I do. Wow. You know, and I, I mean, this might be a hot take, but I think I got Volk in that fight. Whoa. <laughs> And I, I mean, I know everyone's gonna say Islam's too big and all that, but Volk is small. He's smaller than most of the people in his division already. So I, I think he's already used to fighting people that are have the reach advantage. I mean, the fact that he's fought, not only fought, but beat Max Holloway three times, 
that's a pretty big deal. I mean, he pretty much lapped everyone. And Max, you know, he's got that. Definitely doesn't have the strength like Islam does, but he had the length and the reach advantage and all that and the height advantage, but I don't know. I, I like to compare it to Peter Jan. Like, you know, even though Jan was smaller than O'Malley, he was still able to get in there and connect. And I think Volk just knows how to do that too with any opponent that he has. But I would love and, to see that fight though. And people forget that Volkanovsky was like heavyweight uh, weight at one time. Like, hey, man. He's used to handling that weight. Pounds. Yeah, so I think he can fit at 155 perfectly, and that added weight is no problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that fight is going to be at 155, actually. I think Islam just wants to beat the pound-for-pound pound number one on the rankings just to prove that he is the best. So That's one of those, though, too. Like He's one of those fighters, Volkanovski. I mean, he's one of those fighters you, you have a hard time seeing losing, you know, especially when you look at his – just like yeah, all of his performances leading up to right now. I mean, he's only he was already pretty dominant when he was going through, you know, Chad Mendez and Jose Aldo and all of them. But, yeah, just he just gets better and better, it seems like. And that's the same with Islam. So it, it, it'd be nice to see that fight because they both are in their primes for sure. There's no doubt. And, yeah, they are pound for pound. I mean, Volkanovski has been up there in the pound for pound, pound for pound ranking. Is he number one or is he? He is number one. He's number one now that Usman lost, huh? Because I think Usman was number one for a while. Yep. But, yeah, so Volkanovski's a dog, too, especially after his last fight. Like, he didn't – no holes in his game right now. And that's how Islam looks. So, that's why it's – I'm excited for that. They're well, both you game. Kind of, you, you mentioned this with Makachev about his cardio. Like, I kind of worry about uh, Volkanovski's cardio in the fourth and fifth round, uh, maybe more the more the fifth round than anything. Um so I wonder if Makachev capitalizes on that in the championship rounds, using his his dense body to kind of wear wear mm-hmm. on uh, Volkanovski a bit. Yeah, but, he knows uh, how to play that game too. I mean, coming from the camp that he comes from, he definitely knows how to play that game to push you up against the cage and hold you there. But I think uh, uh, people do underestimate Volkanovski's strength too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Volkanovski's really good about finding his holes. Uh, and, and the close distance and striking too. So he could even mix it up and catch Makachev here and there too on the feet. So mm-hmm. I'm excited uh, for it. Uh, I, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, it seems like it's pretty, too, it's, yeah, it definitely won't happen this year, but I'm maybe, maybe spring next year sometime. I don't know. Did they, so did there, they mention? There is a fight card in Australia in March, mm, and know. they're talking about that. So, That'd be pretty wild. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what he said he wanted to do, right? He said he wanted to go to Australia and do it. So that'd be wild. That crowd's going to be crazy because Volkanovski, he's definitely coming to his own. I think at first people thought he he wasn't going to be around as long as he was. So people weren't taking him seriously. But now that he's really proven himself and he's picked up his following too, you know, he did an episode on Joe Rogan and then he's always cooking on his Instagram. You watch his Instagram? He's always cooking stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He's gotten a following from it, man. So. Yeah, he's just really – I feel like he's been working on his uh, – just his social media following and his yeah, public figure, you know. Seeing more of his personality on and stuff too. But before yeah. we move off the main event and go into a co-main, I just want to say I think yesterday at UFC 280, I think we just saw a UFC GOAT be born in uh, Islam Makachev. I think Islam is about to go on a crazy, insane run 
And I think um, who holds the title defense record? Is that GSP? I think it is. Shoot, let me look it up. I was getting mixed up because like they always sound so similar. It's like GSP or Anderson Silva. But whatever that record is, I think Islam is is about to make it interesting and uh, put his name in that conversation of holding that record as UFC champion title defenses. I think he's that good. I don't think anybody in the top 10 right now is beating Islam Makachev. Um, People, these are two fighters I think that can make it interesting is uh, Fazeev. I think I'm still giving Makachev that, uh, that edge, maybe more than an edge, but I think Fazeev can make it interesting, and I think yeah. uh, Armand Sharukian can make it interesting versus uh, Islam Makachev. Um, but yeah, any anyone other than that, Islam is running through them, and it might be a a long time we see Islam as champ at, at one fifty five. Yeah, that's yeah. He's. I mean, everyone knew it was coming. I think it was almost like it was inevitable. Everyone knew it was going to happen eventually. It was just a matter of when. So it's officially the. Uh, the Islam era now. It's crazy. Um, all right, to move on to um, the co-main event of UFC 280, we had Aljamain Sterling defending his bantamweight title versus the two-time bantamweight champion, TJ Dillashaw. Um, it's kind of – it sucks that we saw this happen with Dillashaw's shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of popped out of place during the fight. And TJ had a hard time uh, fighting with it, but he stuck through it, which is kind of crazy in its own right. But tough, um, TJ's tough. The, the champ gets it done again, retains his belt. Um, what did you see from the fight? And, you know, yeah. It's crazy that um, that Dana didn't know, you know, TJ and his camp kept it under wraps. And, I mean, I guess that's expected. When you know who TJ is, I mean, I know everyone likes to still – get on him for, you know, testing hot for uh, EPO and all that stuff. But, I mean, <clears throat> he's still he's still a dog, like, regardless of his past. And, I mean, there's a lot of people, even, like, sparring partners and even Dwayne Ludwig, like, they talk about how crazy competitive he is, how tough he is, and how reluctant he is to, to giving up and to quitting and surrendering. So, when you know that about him and you've heard these stories about him, you, you can't really be surprised that he went in there with that injury and still gave himself a chance. You know, he really thought he could still do it. But it does kind of suck because it, when you think about it from the other fighter's standpoint, I mean, he may have robbed someone else's op- from an opportunity to fight for the belt, right? So, I don't know. I see both sides, but it was a little lackluster, I guess you could say, to, to end the way it did just because that is a crazy matchup and – and uh, very two controversial figures too when you think about it, Aljo and TJ, you know. <laughs> so yeah, and then poor Aljo. I mean, this guy can't catch a break. Ever since the uh, Sterling and uh, Jan fight, the first one, people have just been shitting on this guy. I feel like, and, <laughs> you know, with the DQ, and even after he, I feel like he was just starting to get the haters off his back, and now this happens. You know, now people are gonna hold this over his head, like, oh, you had a title defense, but the guy was. Only had one arm, you know. So, yeah, can't catch a break. I don't know. What do you think about? What do you think about all of it? Yeah, it's tough. Um, but I must say, I don't think that fight gets any better if TJ was one hundred percent. 
think Aljamain still would have did his yes, thing? Yes, I think Aljamain Sterling's wrestling is that damn good. Like, his entries and the way he sets it up with the stand-up into shooting, I think he's the best wrestler in that division. I think he proved it against Dion in that second fight. Um, he did prove a lot in that second fight. I just ragdolling Yon, bro. I never yeah. thought I'd see Yon get tossed around like that. And he can he can keep a pretty – I mean, usually Yon's the one pushing the pressure, you know, but Sterling can keep a pace. I mean, that, that first fight that they had, he kind of came out too fast, but I think he made his adjustments. And, yeah, man, that, that pace, he can keep a pretty tasking pace on his, uh, his opponents. But I think something that I – starting to notice too more about him is the how heavy he is on the kicks he uses a lot of kicks a lot of that little front kick he does he uses that all the time so yeah i mean like all the time it's like his i don't know if that's like his jab almost you know people try to get their timing and their spacing now with the jab he, he uses his front kick yeah um, i know he gets praises for his wrestling but yeah i think his stand-up the way he utilizes it into the his wrestling is very underrated um but he has a solid team, man, like Ray Longo and the boys mm-hmm. and, like, Sarah and uh, Ally Quinta. Like, the whole team is, working with Aljo is, like, I think he's going to – if he can make the weight, which I don't think he's going to make the weight any like time for a long time because he was talking about moving up, which is – we got to talk about that soon. Right. Um, yeah, I don't uh, – yeah, anyways. Um, hey, moving up to featherweight? He, he said that in his uh, post fight. Yeah, he Chris said because he was talking about Marab, especially there in the same weight weight division. Right, and he's Marab is kind of like a bodyguard for Aljo right now, <laughs> defending all these contenders to fight for the belt. So I think, um, yeah, Al uh, was saying that this weight cut is getting to him. It's it's getting tougher, mm-hmm. and he, he said it's not fun. So I think next year, I think we see him at a, a new weight of uh, 145, a new weight class. Shoot, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to have someone jump up like that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not opposed to I, I, But, like, kind of – I think you were kind of already touching on it. I don't know how that would go for him because that's – that featherweight division, that's a tough division. Um, I mean, shoot, yeah, that whole division from 15 all the way up to one. That's – that ain't easy yeah. over there. And I, I think Al- Aljo, if that did happen, he would have to become a, cl- a lot cleaner striker, you mm-hmm. know. But I think his wrestling can hold up o- over there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, interesting things coming from the champ. It sucks that this performance had to happen the way it did with Dillashaw's shoulder, but I didn't think anything would change. I think it was only a matter of time. <laughs> I'd like to see him stay and fight some of these guys. I mean, I'd like to see him have some defenses again. You know, you still got – I mean, he beat Sandhagen already, but it'd still be cool to see that rematch. I, I know Corey wants that rematch. I mean, Cheeto Vera's coming up. And, you know, what, who, who he got knocked up by Pedro Munoz, right? He got caught. Is that who got who caught Aljamain Sterling? I thought it was uh, Marais. Yeah, Marais. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Alley's just um, a big win. I don't know. So it's like there's guys to fight for sure. And there's someone on the bottom of that top 15. His name is Umar Namagomedov, I think, is a star, a diamond in the rough, I'd say. Uh, no one's really talking about him, but I think in due time, I give it two, two and a half years, this man is knocking on the doorstep of being a champ. 
Did he uh I feel like the last time I was on this podcast, we were talking about him. I think it was his was it his debut? It might it might have been so. It might have been so. Yeah, I think that's the last time we talked about him. He's already in the top fifteen. That's crazy. Yeah, Umar is moving fast, only trending upward. And um yeah. Uh so yeah, Aljo rem- uh, keeps his belt and I think um Let's see. Maybe we should talk about the next fight, and then we'll talk about who, what uh, we'll talk about the. Yeah, we'll break down the picture of that. Sure. So let's get into Peter Yan versus Sean O'Malley. Uh, Controversial decision. Uh, Seems like everyone was up in a was pretty mad about how this, the outcome of this. Um, What would what did first of all what did you score this fight, and then let's talk about the fight. Um, right after the fight, initially, right after the fight, I think you and I were both like, no way, no way did O'Malley just steal that from him, you know? Um, I think we both had it, Peter Yaw on 29-28 for sure. Um, but, you know, everyone knows you got to give yourself some time, maybe even watch the fight a second or third time, which me and Aries both did. And I, I know for me, after watching it a second time, I can see now a little more the case for O'Malley. I can, I can definitely see it. I think I'd still give it to Peter Jan, but um, very close fight. I think it was a lot closer than I thought it was when the fight was initially over. Like when you just watch the fight and you're not trying to analyze and you're not trying to focus on the stats, I think everyone agrees it was probably like Peter Jan. But when you actually start dissecting and really looking at the details, that's when you start to see how close it really was. That's just my. So after the fight, I had a 30-27. A, a gentleman's 30-27. I'm not calling it a wash. I'm not calling it a body, but I edged the first round of Yon. I had the second round clear for Yon, and then I edged it third round for Yon. So it was a 30-27 on my card. I watched it again today, the day after, and I have a 29-28 Yon clear. Um, clear. I thought the first round. I think everyone was debating the first round. How how? Um, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think Jan fought a more well-rounded round, and then O'Malley landed the more cleaner, significant strikes. Um, I know it's all about damage and strikes, but um, I don't know. I think Jan had that with kicks instead of punches, and then yes, had exactly. the octagon control. Uh, had O'Malley pressure or pressuring O'Malley the whole round, so I, I did lean towards Jan in that. I, I can, I'm not going to argue if someone gave that to to O'Malley, but that's just how I saw it, and it was a well-rounded round for uh for Peter Jan. Well, that's what I mean. Round two was clearly round two was clearly Peter Jan, so there's no debate there. I think everyone is in agreement that round two is Peter Jan, even and though. Yeah, even though yeah. O'Malley uh, stiffened Jan up and then Jan got back at O'Malley and, like, put him on his ass, that was pretty nice. Yeah. No, that was that was really nice. I mean, the fight. I mean, it got fight of the night for a reason, right? Yeah. It was definitely the most entertaining. I mean, they're both very polarizing figures. O'Malley's, you know, a superstar in the making. If you, if you don't already consider him a superstar, you either want to see him lose or you want to see him win, you know? But... Yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, we're, I'm sure we're both in the comments and we're reading stuff on Twitter and stuff, seeing what people are saying. But 
Yeah, everyone's. I think the people that think O'Malley won, they're they're definitely saying one and three. And there's, I mean, some of them are saying it was clear that he won round one. And I'm like, definitely not clear because you touched on it too. Like everyone's talking about the damage thing, and I think when everyone's thinking about damage, they're only, they're only thinking about head damage, you know, the punches to the face and all that stuff. But yeah, just like you said, I'm just gonna reiterate what you said. Jan was working those kicks to the body and the legs. And you know those did damage, but you know, for some reason we just kind of look at kicks as like whatever, you know, especially the casual fan. They don't see the damage in the kicks. But man, those can really mess someone up. So yeah, I think I think Jan took that first round, especially because I felt like they were their striking was pretty even. But then he got that takedown, and I think that sealed it. And I think uh I think the commentary kind of threw people off too, because when uh Later in the fight when O'Malley got that little quick slip, you know, and he got Jan's back, I think people were saying that was a takedown. I'm like, that's not a takedown. He didn't take him down. He just got on his back. And then he had – the stats say he had two seconds of control. That was it in the whole fight. But Jan had, like, almost six minutes of control the whole fight. So it's like, I don't know. I think Jan got that first round for sure. And then I, I'm kind of – I don't know. I'm kind of thrown off because people gave O'Malley the third round very clear. And then watching it today, I'm like, I don't think that round was clear at all. Like, yeah. I know O'Malley had a good, um, uh, like, two minutes, maybe a minute of that round. He was looking good. I thought he was going to take that round clearly. But Jan came on that, uh, came on strong that second half of that round. And I think that's what gave me the round. He got takedowns. Uh, pressure. He was landing some beautiful counter shots on O'Malley in that third round. Mm-hmm. Like clean was just touching him up in that third round. And I, I was like, "There's no way that you guys have this as a as a clear yeah. round for O'Malley." So that's why yeah, I, I gave, yeah, that's why I gave Jan that third round. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm O'Malley won the fight, and I honestly, when you look at his body language when they made the announcement, I don't think he was convinced either. I mean, he said what he needed to say because, you know, he's trying to market himself and he, he knows the marketing game, you know. He's trying to be a businessman, not only a fighter, but I think he was surprised at the result too. I think he felt like he lost. I mean, even right after the fight when he's on the stool, his head was down and he was just like, you know. I mean, yeah, he might have been tired, but at the same time, I really felt from what I saw in his body language, I think he was pretty surprised. So, and he didn't throw any shade or anything, you know. He was very respectful. So, yeah, I got Jan still. It's going to suck, though, because now with this, all this controversy, now it's like, you know, people are going to be fighting for the justice of Peter Jan, but they're also – people are going to be pushing for O'Malley to have the next title fight, you know. And I don't know, man. Yeah, people are people are getting dragged on Twitter for, you know, still having Jan winning, and then you have the uh, O'Malley fans, diehard fans of O'Malley just like – bringing up all this shit and like fight they're just arguing their points right but right. um i don't know man i yeah yan got it clear for me uh but now we look at the bantamweight picture right now o'malley just beat the number one ranked guy in that's Peter a big, Jan. that's a big win on his on his record huge i mean even if he did lose he answered the questions he he showed that he's elite he showed that he deserves to be in the top three, if not top five, right? Like top three, top five, whatever you want to say. Um, especially, yeah, I mean, they don't get tougher than Peter Jan. 
Because I mean, Peter Young's still good enough to be the champion too. Like he's, there's no, you know, it's not like he's washed or he's some pushover. He's. And, and I want to give I want to give some credit and shout out to O'Malley's uh, a ground game. Uh, the way he was yeah. able to get up from Peter Young's uh, takedowns yeah. and uh, he kind of like rolled to escape a, a hold, which was pretty dope. Oh yeah, that was round three, right? Yeah. So yeah, that was nice, especially that late in the fight. Like definitely. I was, I was very happy to see yeah. him fight. A lot of guys would just kind of lay there and just like, I got no gas tank. I'm done. So, so he he's always known for a stand up. His 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 hands are nice, um, but he's he's always talking about his jujitsu game, and I think we got <laughs> right. to see a, a, a glimpse of a glimpse of it. So that was pretty dope. It's funny. Do you do you listen to their podcast, O'Malley and uh, Tim Welch? No, nah, I just I just see the clips that pop up on like the reels and stuff. So there's a dude, he calls himself the MMA guru, and he makes all these Oh, he's on there? Yeah, yeah. So he's like a bold guy. Like He makes these predictions, right? So they brought him on to get his uh, prediction on the O'Malley fight. And so he's talking to Sugar, like face-to-face, you know? And the guy straight up told O'Malley, he's like, yeah, I got Jan beating you, like, pretty easily. <laughs> I was dying laughing. And O'Malley's, like, arguing with him, like, why? Like, you think you can just do this and that? And the guru was like, like, man, I'm a big fan of you, but I just don't see how you're going to beat Peter Young. So, kind of funny. I was thinking about that the whole time I was watching the fight. I'm like, this guru guy was pretty spot on. Because I picked him I, uh, I, I watch all of his uh, his videos when he makes his picks for the cards. He's very just straightforward. He doesn't yeah. talk about a lot of stuff, but he just straight to the point And just, yeah, I enjoy his content. But l- let's talk about the winners of the Coleman event, which is Algermain. And then uh, the winner in Sean O'Malley. Who do you want to see those winners fight next in this uh, stacked division? I, you know, I know everyone's thinking O'Malley title, but I would actually really like to see O'Malley Chico again. I'd like to see that fight because it's kind of like a movie where like they both came in, they're both low ranks. I mean, I don't think O'Malley was even ranked yet when he fought Cheeto Vera, right? But I don't think either of them are ranked. And so now they've both worked their way up. And, I mean, Cheeto's ranked number five. O'Malley, who knows where he's going to jump up to. You know what I mean? But I think it would be kind of cool to see, especially how the last fight ended. And they still have that beef kind of, you know, and O'Malley always not not acknowledging the fact that he lost, you know, like all that stuff. So I think it would be cool to see a rematch. I really do. Because, I mean, Cheeto's in that conversation too, you know, especially with how yeah. he's been winning with his little – Wait, wait for his moment to drop the one heavy hit, you know. So, I'd like to see that fight actually. As for Aljo, shoot, I want, I want to see Henry Cejudo come back out of retirement. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Yes, I want to see yes. Triple C. So I actually have the yeah. same. I actually have Sterling versus uh, Cejudo. If that doesn't happen. That that's where things get weird because everyone is most likely likely coming off losses except Sandhagen and uh, Cheeto, so things are weird, but still make for great fights. I think O'Malley versus Sandhagen is my favorite fight in this division right now. Man, I'd love to see that fight. I would love to see that. Is Sandhagen uh, booked for anything? Not right now, and he's coming off oh. that win versus uh, Song Yadong in that main event. Um. I don't know. I, I like you can even those people. These people are coming off losses. You can still match them up with anybody, and it'll still be right. bangers of, of fights. So, 
Um, but you got the two tallest, lengthiest strikers in yeah, the division man. with O'Malley and Sandhagen. I think it just creates a, a very exciting uh, fight. It's a great matchup. It's a footwork uh, dream right there, dude. Both of their footworks and everything. Like, they'll be looking like yeah. they're dancing around the ring the whole time. Um, let's get into this next fight. Many people sleep slept on this man, Benel Dariush. Man, I don't know how. Mateos Gamrot. Um, people bought into the stock after uh, Gamrot uh, de- defeated uh, Shuruki in, in uh, July or June this year. Uh, people are very high on Gamrot's uh, wrestling and his strength. He's really good, but uh, Benel Dariush gets the upset win here. And the OG man looking impressive as always, Come and just on. proving the how to, the haters wrong. I was surprised that anyone even honestly. I'm a I'm a Benny fan. I love Benny, dude. I don't even know if they call him Benny, but I call him Benny. But he's just I I think he's really good. I think he's a very good fighter, and I think he's willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, his grappling is great, you know, and he's a, he's a strong grappler too. I think he's one of those guys. He might not have the most impressive physique, but he's strong. You know what I mean? And then when you look at a, I mean, that's one of my favorite fights to watch when I go back and just I'm on YouTube surfing, you know, fights, watching highlights is that, uh, that close Darius fight. Oh, oh my God. I love watching that fight. And Benny can go there. That's the thing. He can go there. People think they're going to catch him. He's just a grappler, but he can strike. He can, he, he's got power. He's like one of those grapplers with heavy hands. That's what he is. So kind of reminiscent of like Dan Hendo. But he can mix it up better than Hendo did. Hendo had that one overhand that everyone knew was coming. But I feel like Darius is like a more polished, refined Hendo. That's how I see him, at least. So and, I'm know, excited I, for him. I'm excited for him. And I think uh, people were really sleeping on kind of overlooking his performance versus uh, his last win, which was uh, Tony Ferguson, and how he just manhandled Tony Ferguson for three mm-hmm. rounds. I think people were just like, Man, Tony's washed. He that was that fight wasn't even like it was a mismatch. Blah blah blah. But I, I don't care what you do in this octagon. You know, putting on performances like that versus the pro fighters is always going to be impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people were just like, oh, he hasn't really beat anybody. And with the Gamrot kind of just surgeons in this division, people were really riding high. And uh, man, Dar Yushkin had done with his grappling, uh, especially his stand up too. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. He's his standup is underrated, and I, and I would I would even go as far as saying, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really that difficult of a fight for him either. I mean, yeah, he, he caught him with easy. that punch in the middle of the fight um, when he dropped him. Like he literally just dropped. Him. I was yeah, like, dude. That one got me out of my seat when he did that. I was like, holy crap! I know you probably did the same thing. Jumped up and that happened. But I, I, I definitely he's definitely the dark horse when we're talking about the top five, even top ten, maybe. Um, I would say, I don't. I, I actually like because he's also one of those guys you can tell he doesn't care. Like he doesn't care who he's fighting. He doesn't care if it's Khabib. He doesn't care if it's Islam. Don't matter. He's gonna go in there. He's gonna fight his game. The moment's never gonna be too big for him. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'd actually like to see him take a crack at uh, Islam. I would love to see it. He's definitely and not gonna be the favorite, but I like it. I may I, I may get laughed at for this. Okay, but. I don't think he beats Islam, but I think that fight is a hell of a fight, and I think he takes Islam to, uh, you know, pushes Islam's limits as far as just like making it a scrappy fight. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think Darius is that guy to, to give Islam that fight that Islam hasn't really been in yet. Uh, that that think, dog fight, right? That just like yeah, that war. Sure. I think that I think if uh, Darius and Islam were to fight, I think it would force Islam to get it done with the striking. I don't think that he's going to get it done with the grappling. So I think it would bring. I think it would be one of those fights, you know, kind of kind of similar to an Usman Covington, you know, where like they're both these wrestlers, but then they stand up the whole time because the wrestling kind of cancels each other out. I think it would turn into something like that where their grappling would cancel each other out and they would. Yeah. Cause his defense was good. Darius had some good defense. That was one thing defense. that, that was one thing that surprised me yesterday was how able he was handled, how, how he was able to handle a uh, gamma strength in his takedown mm-hmm. defense. It was really impressive. I, I wasn't even shocked because I, I just don't see it that much or people don't mm-hmm. really shoot on Benny like that. But yeah, it was man. right out the gate, too. He started right away. Like he didn't yeah, miss any time. He went straight after it. And Benny was ready. I mean, he, he was, the, again, the moment wasn't too big. And I feel like he he's going to fight everyone like that. He'll fight no matter who it is. He'll fight everyone that same exact way. You could bring George St. Pierre out and he'll fight him the same exact way. And so I think that is a strength in its own. To not let the moment be too big. So I don't know. Darius, Dark Horse. You heard it here. We're both big yes, on Darius right now. We do think he could give uh, Islam some problems. I will say that. So it's nice to see one 155. I said this on uh on my friend's podcast, Any Action Sports, Sportscast. Um, there's this new wave of talent coming through the 155 division right now. And uh, kind of moving out the older names like uh, the Gaethys and the Chandlers and the you know Poiriers of the of the world, they're kind of moving out, and this new wave is coming in. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get some fresh faces in in the division right now. But um, everyone ranked in front of Darius right now has just this exciting name around him, or around them, and um, Darius is kind of getting buried under all these names right now, but. Um, who who do you see Darius fighting next? I will ask you that. Mm, that's a tough one. So Poirier and Chandler so, are fighting. Yeah, fun fight. That's a fun fight for sure. Uh, Gaethje just lost. Of well, not just lost, but you know. Let's see. I mean. Because the, the cool thing about Darius is he's going to fight whoever. And he made that very clear. And I think the UFC appreciates that. You know, they like having fighters where they can, you know, that aren't always asking for a title fight. You know, Darius made it very clear in his call out. He'll fight whoever he has to. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they set up a Darius Fazeev fight. Is Fazeev booked? Uh, no. I, I think they're. Because he's coming off a win, isn't he? Yeah, he just knocked out RDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. So, I mean, got two winners, especially since everyone else is booked. And I don't know, Oliveira, Gaethje, they were coming off losses. I don't know if they'd give Darius one of those guys. I, I mean, if they did, that's the only p- people I could see up there, even though they're coming off losses, but they were ranked higher than him. So maybe they're coming down. He's on the way up. So maybe that is one of the fights to make is against uh, Gaethje or Oliveira. Yeah. Which again, all the matchups up there are just fun, very very fun. Yeah, I think um, I'll go with that. I'll go with Darius versus uh, Fazeev, but I, I can also say uh, getting a 
RDA win under your belt is more impressive too. So maybe a Darius for his RDA. I don't know. Maybe. Um, let's go to the next fight. The fight that opened up the main event, uh, UFC 280. Uh, we had Kalen Chukagian versus uh, Manon Ferrat from France. I actually um, I missed that one. How'd it go? I, all I saw was the result, but so uh Farad is looked at as the next contender, I would say, for to fight uh Valentina Shachenko. Um but this fight she did not look like that. She did not look like anything that is ready for the champ. Um you know what? I'm I'm kinda gonna skip through this fight, but I think Farad versus uh, Alexa Grasso is the fight to make. And that is kind of like a contender eliminator um, right now. And I, mean, I think. In case you uh, didn't know, in case you didn't know, we're high on Alexa Grasso on this podcast. Absolutely. We are Ta- believers. We've been talking about this girl for a long time. So we're definitely, <laughs> we're Grasso fans for sure over here. I feel like if you ask anybody who their top 10 fighters are, there are barely any females in their top 10, but Alexa Grasso is in my top 10 fighters in the UFC right now. That's that's pretty big. I don't even know if I could say that about mine, but that's high praise right there. But she's she is one of those fighters, though. She learns. You can tell she goes back, and she really practices and tries to to fix all those holes in her game. Like, she, you know, she gets better every fight, and you can tell, you know? So... But anyways, so you think that's the next fight for for Grasso? Yes, and I think she knocks out Farad. I want to see her fight for Man and Farad. She she throws a lot of sidekicks to create distance, mm-hmm. but she's very uh, she throws looping punches, and I I don't know if you want to do that versus someone who has a crisp yeah box, Grasso boxing is... like Grasso straight punches she's are straight. crazy. Yeah, she's straight. Everything she throws is straight. Straight and technical. Kind of similar to like a Charles Oliveira. Very technical with their striking. But I, I think creating this fight, I think you should run back the Tyler Santos versus Shevchenko too. Because that first one was a very, uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, the champ lost that fight. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it, you could throw it up to either one. I thought it was a very close fight. Um how did but the yeah. community feel about it, though? Where was it pretty split, or was everyone just like, ah, whatever, Shevchenko won again? No, everyone thought uh, Tyler Santos should have won that fight. Dang. Yeah, they got to run it back then. Yeah, they got to. Uh, Grasso versus Fraud is a number one contender fight. And, yeah, um, bad loss for Chukagian. I feel like Chukagian is always, uh, has always held that number one spot for the, on the, in the division but has never won the belt. Um, kind of like a uh, Whitaker versus Adesanya. Like I thought, I think Whitaker is always that one number one contender and just holding that spot. That's how Chukagian is. Mm-hmm. But um, but yes, uh, Farad won 29-28. I do agree with that decision. And yeah, Farad versus Grasso, make it happen, please. Even so we'll yeah, uh, we'll just run through. Uh, prelims, uh, winners from the prelims, some fights here and there. Uh, man, we got to talk about Bilal Muhammad getting this win for Sean Brady. I, I mean, I oh that. my gosh, dog. I'm not gonna lie, that surprised me. I, I again, I didn't watch it, but when I saw the result, I was like, no way. 
but I was happy for Bilal. Not gonna lie, I haven't, I haven't been the biggest fan of Bilal lately, but I was happy for him. Maybe I was just so surprised. So I've always picked against Bilal in every fight that he's had. <laughs> uh, but today, that yesterday was the first time I actually picked Bilal to win, and I knew that the wrestling would cancel out with with these fighters because they're so wrestle heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just had more faith in Bilal's uh, striking. Uh, Sean Brady looked good on the feet as well yesterday. But, man, Bilal's hands were uh, – they were so nice, man. Man landed almost every strike he threw, <laughs> which is crazy. Not, not that – no, he didn't land every strike that he threw, but um, I don't know what I was trying to do with that. Just effective. He was just effective, I think, you know. And, uh, I mean, the thing that surprised me was – yeah, you know, you always expect him to, to, to wrestle. But like you said, it, you know, it cancels it out. But the fact that Bilal didn't even try to take go, didn't try any takedowns, that's one thing. But, I mean, Brady went for five takedowns and Bilal stuffed them all, you know. So so Bilal landed 80 significant strikes, and that was the total strikes that uh, Bilal and it landed as well. So he landed all the significant strikes. That, that's what I was trying to say. I don't know. Now he now he's calling for what? Kamzat? Is that who he's calling for? Or uh I I do not remember his post fight uh interview that well, but I think it was I, something that was in the backstage. Like someone interviewed him and I think he said something about Yeah, I think he said something about Hamzat, but I'm not I can't remember exactly either. But I don't know if he wants that smoke. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh you like that matchup? I mean, after what I saw yesterday, yeah, but I yeah, I kind of do like that. <laughs> what what about what do you think about him versus Gilbert Burns? Fun fight. I think it is, but I might take a slight edge to Burns on that. Hmm. I think Burns is uh slept on with his jujitsu and his ground game. But okay. again, so below, so like I don't know, people sleep on Muhammad's ability as well, so you think Bilal has a better chance at beating uh, Hamza or Burns? Well, Burns almost beat uh, Chimaev. Right. So, but I, it's the it's the grappling, it's the scrambles that come come from these Chimaev versus Muhammad. The possibility of it, I don't know, because I, I we've all I mean I've seen footage of uh, Chimaev old stuff and just like being amazed of what this man can do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I'm I'm really hang- I'm really hoping that Covington versus Shemaev is, is booked. Yeah. I, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. Was it keep calling him? Keep calling him. <laughs> yeah, dude. Keep calling him come shot. <laughs> oh, man. That guy cracks me up. But um, any more fights? Any more? Um, I think uh, I'd, I'd want to ask you, I mean, just – Maybe one performance or two performances in the prelims. Is there anyone that we need to watch out for? Well, we had uh, Mohamed Mukayev versus uh, Malcolm Gordon, but Mukayev is probably one of the brightest prospects in the UFC right now in that flyweight division. Um, yeah, you're going to start hearing him being booked for bigger fights. Um, See the one that came over from another fight organization? He did. I, I don't know where he came from, though, but 
But he came he, in. He was like undefeated, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I remember. Like I he think, has a I, crazy amateur. Uh, amateur. Yeah. yeah. I think we talked about him. The, we also talked about him because I think his debut was around the same time as Umar's. Remember Gamedov? Might have been. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. But yes, that guy is about to make a. He's one of those guys, man. So. He's made every fight look easy so far that he's been uh, booked. So, Dagestan, man. These guys are just pushing these fighters out, man. Everywhere. Left and right. Left and right. About to take over. Um, Nikita Krylov had a nice win over uh, Volkan Ozdemir. My boy actually, Ozdemir, man. I actually picked Ozdemir to win that fight, but uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of fell off. As he, I mean, would you say he's falling off? Would you say he's washed or what? Or just the game catching up? Uh, definitely he, he's on that decline, but mm-hmm. I think he's becoming that gatekeeper of the uh, like top 10 almost. <laughs> what is he, like ranked number nine or eight probably, if I had to guess? Or is he number eight? Number 10. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But Nikita Krylov is coming coming through, man. He's had some big wins in that 205 division. But uh, I don't know if he can, can, can do much because he's still pretty sloppy on the on the feet. He gets hit a lot, but yeah. But um, but yeah, that's our recap of most of UFC 280. Um, I just wanted to get into this now. We I, I am uh, introducing a new segment to the the MMA podcast. Um, episodes this segment is called on the chin it's where we talk about the upcoming ufc cards and we kind of give our best top three predictions on what this card is going to happen or so like for 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 example because i'm terrible at explaining things guys i'm so sorry (laughs) so (laughs) so we can give out predictions like uh cater is going to win by ko or Cater is gonna land this these many shots on uh, Arnold Allen, or but we just give that throughout the whole card. So it's just like predictions, crazy bold predictions. If you want to go that far, I like um, getting gonna, specific. I think I'm gonna go the specific route. Like, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, but I kind of um, like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna get real specific with mine. I think, especially with with the MMA crowd, I think we all talk a lot of shit online, and we always throw out these crazy tweets saying this and that but no one's held accountable no one's hold no one holds accountability to themselves but on this podcast we are going to start and this is the first time we're doing on the chin predictions and yeah for the upcoming card calvin cater versus uh, arnold allen is the main event and we are going to give our predictions on the on this card on any fight so i'm gonna start with you bro i'm gonna start off my prediction uh at the khalil roundtree fight actually Ooh. I'm gonna say, knowing his uh, Muay Thai background, that's not a that's not an easy fight either. He has not, but I think he's he usually has a kick heavy approach. Um, so I'm gonna get real specific in mind, and I'm gonna go 17 leg kicks in the fight. Landed, yes, 17 leg kicks. Ooh, nice, nice. On 17 from Khalil. So that's my first one. Do you want me to go another one, or you want to go me, I go, you go type thing? So I'll go now. So we'll just okay. go one off. Okay. So my first on-the-chin prediction, I'll go 
the main event, Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen, will go all five rounds. Hmm. It's tough to see any of those. I mean, it's tough to even imagine any of those guys getting finished. You know, they're just both so freaking tough. I'm playing it safe, man. I'm playing the. Uh... <laughs> so that, that's your first prediction? Yeah. It's, just, it's going all the way. That's pretty safe. It, it, it goes all safe. five rounds. Okay. I'll, I'll go. I'll, this is what I'll do then. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go Calvin Cater, significant strike percentage. I think it's going to be 39%. I'm going 39%. Calvin Cater? Calvin Cater's significant strike percentage. Being 39%? Yeah. I'm, that's oh, I'm guess. shit. I think he's going to have a good fight. Okay. And just for letting you guys know right now, we're going to write all these down. And then <laughs> on, like, on like one episode, we'll just go through the ones that we missed. And then we'll just shit on each other and just be like, yeah, we said this and we got it wrong. But we're, we're taking ownership of our what we say. So none of you guys can say that. <laughs> All right. Can't give him the satisfaction. My next one is going to be about Phil Haas versus uh Roman Dolides. I don't know about names, guys. I'm so sorry. But I think <laughs> Phil Haas loses by knockout and then is cut by the UFC. That is my on the trim <laughs> prediction. <laughs> okay. Phil Haas Phil Haas has been losing like crazy. And I think this one, he gets knocked out, and then he gets cut by the UFC. So it's two. There's two predictions in that. That's a big one, man. It is. Getting cut. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm I down. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about down, the whole contract uh, part of it. I'm down four rounds to nothing, and I'm just throwing haymakers in the fifth, trying to land. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think – I'm going to go back to the Cater Allen fight. I'm going to go. Okay. I think I'm going to go. This is going to be real specific, too. <laughs> I love it, bro. I think he's going to go 0 3 for takedowns. Calvin Cater? No, Allen. Arnold oh. Allen. I do. Or I'll go 0-2. Ooh, 0-2 nice. And it's crazy because Arnold Allen is such a blitz-heavy, just throwing everything mm-hmm. striker. So to see him to go for takedowns is going to be different. So nice. Respect. Yeah, I'm going bold with mine, these three. We'll see. <sighs> Seven, yeah, yeah. I got to write these down. I got to remember. Well, we're recording it, so. Yeah, so we'll just go back and, and write these down. Um. <laughs> My last one is about Chase Hooper versus Steve Garcia, kind of lower on the card. Chase Hooper has had an up-and-down career so far in the UFC. But in this fight, I think Chase Hooper lands 70% or more of his strikes. 70. That's high. 70. Yeah, that is very high. (laughs) Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're writing down. (laughs) That is all my on the chin prediction. That is my third and last one. You're talking about the Hooper Garcia fight, right? Yeah, Steve Hooper nice. versus uh or Chase Hooper versus Steve Garcia. Lands seventy percent of his strikes or more. I like it. Bold. I like the bold predictions. 
But yeah, everybody, that is our new segment on the chin predictions, giving out our boldest predictions of the upcoming card. Uh, Calvin Cater versus uh, Arnold Allen is this Saturday. So check that out. But it was nice to have Trident back for this episode. Hopefully we can get them on uh, every Sunday to do these. Mm-hmm. So I'll be around more. We'll see, but we're holding ourselves accountable for all the crazy stuff that we say, and we're not playing around. So, <laughs> but yes, guys, uh, this uh, I will be recording another episode dropping Thursday, two a week. That is the plan, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys for stopping by, just checking us out, or just staying up to date with us, and just anything that we have going on. Uh, we appreciate the fan base that we have created, if there is any. <laughs> All three of them. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, guys, we appreciate you guys, and uh, keep it a buck.